Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is March 17th. Uh, nice and sunny, definitely spring on the way. Now, I have to be careful saying that because in the Midwest, that might mean we have snow all next week, but today, right now, I am very, I am mindful of the sun shining and looks like early spring. Let's begin, as we've been doing recently, um, to practice uh, this part of the Shanti Dewas, the Bodhisattva Shanti Dewa, who was a, a, a monk from the Middle Ages. And uh, this is a, as good a time as any. It's always something good to memorize and to hold as a prayer or a meditation or uh, something you can always reach for and and feel how powerful it is. And um, I was driving to Wisconsin yesterday and drove back, so I was listening to news part of the way, both ways, on the radio. And uh, when I got home in the afternoon, I felt really heavy. And I was talking to a good friend, Mary Jane, and I, I realized talking to her, it was listening to the news and about all of the, you know, we're very concerned about what's happening in Ukraine. Over three, three million people have fled their, their country that they dearly love and have deep roots. And um, we're so concerned about that, but there's so many places exactly like that. Uh, might be right now on a smaller scale, but they're human lives, animal lives. The earth is being scorched in so many places. And so listening to the news, I was hearing about babies starving and dying in Afghanistan, uh, the latest on Ukraine, and listening to the president's uh, Vladimovsky. I'm sorry, I miss, don't have it written down in front of me, but the president of the Ukraine addressing the United States Congress and the president and comments from NATO about the more help they need, but everyone else is, we're really afraid of pushing closer to a nuclear war. Uh, Myanmar is still, and uh, there's unrest and people being imprisoned and killed and we can go uh, Yemen. I mean, it was what I was listening to on the news was, and it wasn't local news, it was uh, international news, were all these places in this world that are so much suffering is going on. And what hit me was this is kind of how it is all the time. Somewhere it's this way. And that's part of what we call samsara. And... Uh, when I realized that's what it was creating the heaviness or the majority of it, it was easier to let it go. It was easier to loosen my grip on focusing on those, those things that we know are realities. We just aren't paying attention to them most of the time. So we have to be careful about what we focus our attention on. Uh, and not overwhelm ourselves because that doesn't leave us with any capability to do anything or to help anyone. So look for ways where you can help and put your energy there. 
it's a, this is a very difficult period in our country. So let your prayers and let your merit, when you want to send merit at the end of your meditation practice, they're always, they're always beings in need of that. So let's start with my wish and we'll read from the Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree about voidness, no self, that uh, voidness that That's uh, spaciousness, voidness, emptiness. Just those words don't explain anything about it. <laughs> so we're going to be looking at in touch with sunyata today. Maybe we can get a little bit more in touch with that quality. So let's start with my wish. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, a lamp for those without light, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana or awakening. So, make sure. Okay, so let's let's uh, look at this so we have some time to sit together. In touch with Sunyata. The commentaries, and that's the, these some of the major commentaries in Theravadan Buddhism, or uh, the Path of Purification, and the uh, sometimes those commentaries are right. Sometimes they have mistakes, so we're careful about those. The commentaries call the experience of sunyata void contact. Sunyata-fasa. We know only the ordinary contacts, and fasa is the word for that, of the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind with visible forms, sounds, odors, taste, tangible objects, and mental objects. We hardly ever have contact with sunyata because we know only the form element which is rupadhatu, and the formless element, adupadhatu. We know nothing of the element of quenching, dhatu. When we come to know the quenching element, we will have a new experience, what the commentators call void contact. This is a name for the contact taking place at the level of noble path, which truly destroys mental defilement. When we have developed the path to the point at which it is destroying defilement, then there is void contact. It is like touching sunyata with our hands. Our minds come into contact with voidness. The voidness contacted here refers to the noble path of one who is 
continually developing the contemplation of non-self. The voidness, this we can probably understand, right? The voidness contacted here refers to the noble path of one who is continually developing the contemplation of non-self, seeing that there is neither self nor anything belonging to self, seeing that there are merely dhammas and natural processes. This noble path is called sunyato, and any contact that takes place on that path is called sunatafasa. Sunyata fasa. Contemplation of not self. Anatta nupasana, the cause of void contact, develops from insight into dukkha or stress or suffering. Insight into dukkha. Contemplation of dukkha is like having once tried to take hold of fire having found it painfully hot, and then knowing that fire is not at all something to grab. In the same way, we know that any dhamma we grab, any phenomena, any truth, any, any teaching, that any dhamma we grab becomes a fire, anything. Then we know that no dhamma whatsoever should be grabbed, that is, grasped at or clung to, the spiritual experience of how fire burns, scorches, consumes, constricts, envelops, pierces, and entangles is spiritual insight into dukkha, into suffering. It leads to spiritual experiences of not-self and voidness. That's the letting go and, and that experience of feeling how, how that burns when we cling on to, grab on to anything. It leads to spiritual experiences of not-self and voidness. So this kind of contact or experience is called void contact. That's when we experience that for ourselves. Then we know that no Dhamma whatsoever should be grabbed grasped at or clung to. Here we must consider the objection of some people that if one hasn't reached Nibbana, one can't know anything about it, just as one can't have seen Europe, just as one can't have seen Europe if one has never been there. But Nibbana is not a material object. It is a matter of the mind and heart. Right now, as you attend to this teaching, your mind is probably void. This is already a taste of Nibbana. Be diligent in contemplating it. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, so when we're reading from this and our minds are void, then we're touching. We're touching. It's a taste of Nibbana. Another short section, liberated into voidness. The scriptural, the scriptural exposition of mindfulness with breathing, that's anapanasati, that's when we're just 
staying with the breath and realizing when we become distracted and realize, you know, taking in everything. Uh, that's when we do body scans. That's part of uh, the body scans and uh, looking at our the feelings of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Those are all part of uh, Anapanasati. The scriptural exposition of mindfulness with breathing, Anapanasati, in the section discussing the method of looking intently at the reality of the mind, and that's citta nupasana, that citta is the mind, mind and heart, the re- and looking intently at the reality of the mind, lists the following. So this is in the, the uh, Anapanasati Sutta. If the mind has lust, know that the mind has lust. If the mind has hatred, know that the mind has hatred. If the mind has delusion, know that the mind has delusion. If the mind is depressed, know that the mind is depressed. If the mind is not depressed, know that the mind is not depressed. If the mind is liberated, know that the mind is liberated. If the mind is not liberated, know that the mind is not liberated. So the Buddha is always telling us this over and over again to know to know these things, whether we have them or not, because we we need to know what to uh, what are defilements and what are not, and what we already have that are wholesome qualities and the ones that are not. So how do we know what to get rid of and what to to encourage and uh, develop if we don't if we don't recognize them? If the mind is liberated, then it is void. If it is not liberated, then it is not void. Let us now look at our mind that is either liberated, that is, void of all things, or else caught grasping and clinging to something. Even at the initial level of practice, the teaching is to look at the mind that is void or liberated. Okay, so even at the initial level of practice, He's not saying this is a super advanced practice. Even at the initial level of practice, the teaching is to look at the mind that is void or liberated. Liberation or deliverance is something to be seen within, not to be figured out or guessed at according to the books we've read. Okay, we, need, we have to see it within. We can't read this book and figure it out mentally and then, then decide that's what we have. Nibbana or sunyata is right here for us to see, even while we are still ordinary worldly people. For there is the voidness called coincidental deliverance. This is voidness that just happens to arise as it can right now, when external conditions are right. A second type of voidness can arise when we concentrate the mind in the correct way so that that it's completely undisturbed and at ease, more so than when experiencing any kind of worldly pleasure. This is deliverance through suppression. A third type, cut off at the roots deliverance, 
is the final release of the Arahant, or the Enlightened One, an Enlightened One. Even without this, they're not Buddhas, but they're Arahants, so they're uh, the final release of the Arahant is that kind of deliverance. Even without this final deliverance, we still have a couple of sunyata to examine, a sample of the Buddha's wares. If you are interested, you can find such a free sample for yourself. Therefore, we should practice mindfulness with breathing stage by stage, developing the contemplations of the body, of the feelings, of the mind, and of Dhamma. Mindfulness with breathing is a continuous taste of sunyata from start to finish. Finally, one understands voidness through seeing the painful consequences of grasping and clinging. Then the mind will immediately turn to find contentment with the experience of Nibbana. We are happy to see sunyata gradually, step by step, before actually reaching its supreme level. This, there is a progression that follows its own law, which is the law of nature itself. When one comprehends something by oneself, the resulting knowledge is firm. So this is very important. When one comprehends something by oneself, the resulting knowledge is firm. It does not sway and totter like the knowledge gained by listening to others or like diluted knowledge. As for happiness, we don't have to do anything much to make ourselves happy. We needn't go to the great trouble, to any great trouble. All we must do is to void our minds of greed, hatred, and delusion. In other words, make it void of grasping at and clinging to I and mine. When the mind is void of greed, hatred, and delusion, it's truly void, and all dukkha comes to an end. Even action, or kama, will of itself come to an end. So, how simple can that be, right? It's just get voiding the mind of greed, hatred, and delusion. And I was reading uh, something yesterday, I think, where equanimity is described is that no, no comma is being created because that's the person who can uh, s- stay without, uh, there's never any, any negative intentional action because they're watching, the, they're being an, an observer, seeing fortune go up and down and seeing world conditions go up and down and able to observe it without, without having greed, hatred, or delusion. So the next section is voiding comma. So that's when we'll talk more about that. But um, I think that that uh, was much easier to grasp section. So 
I hope you felt it was a little easier to hang on to that uh, than some of the others that we've read. Um, I feel like I need to explain. My hair is growing out, as you know, and um, it's growing out kind of curly, and it's growing out. Now it's at the stage where it all wants to just, no matter what I do, it wants to pop up and uh, be curly in its own direction, in its own, uh, you know, there's no, there's no way. <laughs> I've got to, I can't, I've got to just let it, it's going to be kind of sticking out like this. No matter what I do, it starts doing uh, this different thing. It's like I have calyx all over my head. <laughs> so if it, if it looks like I just rolled out of bed and didn't, didn't even look in the mirror, I, this is what it does. <laughs> And brushing, combing doesn't help at all. So um, I apologize if my if I'm if I I told my daughter I'll look in a mirror once in a while and just kind of shock myself because it feels like my hair is standing on edge. Um, so why don't we sit together for a bit? And uh, if you have more time when I have to leave, then just keep sitting if you can. And just a, we're going to do the Anapanasati, which is what we often do, but you, we will just do, uh, we're going to just work with the breathing. Thank you for the comments about my hair. I, I, I hope it begins to feel a little less gappy. And <laughs> I like that it's curly. I just am kind of, uh, not used to having to deal with hair at all, and I just, I don't have the right tools right now. Thanks, though. Um, let's sit and just be with the breath and be with the words that we've read together. Um, so what we're looking at with sunyata is just letting go of that delusion of me and mine. It's... Uh, it's part of our human condition, so it's not easy to get to get rid of it. But that's what we're trying to do: is to more and more be an observer, to see things as they actually are, not as how we see them through our all of our filters. And uh, when we can do that, we find a kind of peace, and that's the that's sunyata. So why don't we sit? Just get into a comfortable posture. And you can close your eyes or just lower your gaze. Whatever posture you choose, the important thing is to feel awake and to be able to relax in that posture. Or it will quickly turn to pain and be very distracting. When we're working with the senses,
we're hearing, we're smelling, we're tasting. If your eyes are closed, we've got a little break, but there's still lots of color kind of burst under the eyelids sometimes. And the touch, touch and contact, that tactile sense, and our minds, so our thoughts. So we're not trying to suppress any of these things, but we're trying to not not uh, get caught up in stories. And we get, get caught up in stories of sounds and of smells and of all of these, not just our thoughts. But what we pick up with our senses can trigger a story or an emotion. And if you want to, uh, we don't want to look at emotions right now, but we look at those feelings because these are feelings that we might, uh, it's either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And neutral often means, if we think something's neutral, we often think we've discovered neutral. But it may be that we just haven't looked close enough at what the, what the actual feeling tone is. So as you allow the sense input to come through your sense doors, maybe not the vision, we can be aware if we're, if we're feeling different sensations in our body, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So a sound might come in that has a, uh, a trigger for your mind and sets off some negative thinking or an unpleasant memory. The same with all of our other, the other sense data coming into us. And then that's unpleasant. Then we begin to have that unpleasant feeling. Or if we hear a lovely song or music or uh, birds singing, it may create a, a pleasant sensation of feeling. But first be sure your main focus, it's light, It's not a heavy focus, it's light, because it will be moving around. But uh, just keep, let your, let your breathing, your breath, let the breath be the focus. And we know when we lose track of our breathing, then we've become distracted. So our foundation is just the breath, the inhale, the exhale. And find the spot where you feel the breath in your body the easiest. It can be your chest. The abdomen is very good. 
because that's also a clue that we're breathing more deeply. And that's our natural breath is deeper. And then the most subtle spot is usually around our nostrils. The breath be the anchor. Just check in with your feeling tone, the feeling, feelings in the body, not emotions. These are feeling tones. And again, you can use pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. And you can see that this changes by the second. It's always changing, going from pleasant to unpleasant. Sometimes it may be truly neutral. Sometimes we just don't know.
And just be aware of it. Just be aware of how it changes. The slightest condition may change and you go from pleasant to unpleasant. From unpleasant back to pleasant. You can keep sitting if you have the time, and this is a good space. You're in a, an appropriate space for you. And let's close by sending merit. May everything that each one of us does and says and thinks today be not only for our own benefit, but may it be for the benefit of all beings everywhere for those living in peace and for those living in war. May our hearts stay strong. And remember that love is the only thing that can conquer hatred. So may you all be, may we all be well, content, and at peace. Thank you. Thanks for being part of my practice. See you tomorrow.